right, well, there we go. Definitely recording now if I stay the hell away from this you okay? computer. You good? Yes, we're good for now. Episode okay. 37, I'm keeping an eye on that sucker. Okay. Uh, episode 37, Riding Shotgun with Norman Jim. Okay. Definitely recording right now. All right. I'm fucking pissed at myself. Again. That's all right. Here we go. So, uh, Number 37, yeah. great 37. 37 is not too many great ones, but no, we'll, no, we'll no. Uh, steal some figure this out, you know. So, um, yeah, a little who to start us off here. Hey, I always like the who, man. Yeah, one of my favorites back you in know? the day. Peter Townsend. This is who is it? Roger Daltrey. Great, great. Yep. Wow, John Entwistle and Keith Moon was the drummer. Keith Moon. Who was the t- guitarist? Pete, uh, Pete Townsend. And who was the other? Who was the fourth? Uh, John Entwistle. Was the, yeah. So that's the who. All right, the who. Nice. The who starting us off. And uh, hopefully I don't hit that button again and uh, we lose another recording. God, I think that's what Gwyneth Paltrow said. <laughs> <laughs> and here we go. All wow. right. So episode 37, Riding Shotgun with Norman Jim. So the great uh, 37s. Uh, go ahead. You had more than me. Go. Yeah, so my favorite was the first one. Um, only wore it for one year. He was 37 years old, played for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Deion Sanders Deion. in the 2004... Oh, wait, we didn't open. We got to yeah. open. All right, hold on. Oh, there we go. Uh, Dion, yeah. Dion was <clears throat> an unbelievable ball player. And, uh, yeah, 37. That's, that's cool that he did that, you know, mm-hmm. 37 when he was 37 years old. My number one has to be, of course, i got to have that Red Sox connection, the spaceman, Bill Lee. Bill he was Lee. the man. Bill the I mean, he had that, Lee. you know, blooper pitch that Tony Perez knocked the shit out of in his 75 World Series. But other than that, Bill Lee was a great pitcher. He threw that in the 75 World Series against Tony Perez, and man, he teed off on a fucker. Nice shit. But he got a lot of guys out. He was a Yankee killer. He had a great record against the Yankees. Did he? Good pitcher. Great pitcher. And great guy to hear. He's an interesting dude, obviously, but he's one of those intelligent guys that are like, man, he's got some theories going on. But love hearing him talk about baseball. You know, it's funny. There there were some characters in baseball, like the Bill Spaceman Mm -hmm. Lee. Remember Mark the Bird Fitchers? Bird they got a, a, space, a special on him on the network. Baseball oh, do they? Network. Yeah. He passed away. Uh, announcers. How about uh, Bob Euchre? What a character oh, that guy freaking yeah. is. We'll have to do something. We'll have to dig him. into characters one episode. Yeah. There's, there's some... a lot. Of, you know, in all sports. But yeah, and it seems like. In all sports, Back actually. then, especially when we were growing up, there was a lot of characters. There was. Man, there were some funny guys. Yeah. Um, so back to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say... Um, the wife beater himself, Abdul <laughs> Herrera. Abdul Herrera. I'm going to go with another baseball guy, Casey Stengel. Retired number from the Yankees and the Mets, 37. Casey Stengel, no kidding. Yeah, you talk about a character. Yeah, Stengelis. no kidding. So he was 37 for the Mets. And the Yankees. And the Yankees. And okay. the Yankees. Retired for both. So was he the Mets' first manager? Yes, he was. Okay. Yes, he was. Was he ever a player manager? Uh, I think he was for the Brooklyn Dodgers way back in the day because okay. he did, you know, at one point, did, who, did he play for? No, he played for the, the Dodgers. Um, and he, he, I don't know if he was a player manager, but he was a manager before he was at the Yankees and he wasn't too good. And then for whatever reason, the Yankees hired him just at the right time when like uh, Mickey Mantle and all those guys, Whitey Ford and all those guys, Billy Martin came up and he was one of these guys who was kind of he- ahead of his time uh, he played for John McGraw way back in the day, who introduced uh, platooning, righties against oh, lefties. And he introduced that in like the late 40s, early 50s. Cool. 
Uh, and that's why Mickey Mantle's dad taught him to hit both ways so he would never be pulled out. He could hit against both. Get out. It's a great story. I mean, if you ever watch Ken Burns' documentary baseball, it really gets into that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, you know, Casey Stengel was a character, and people say he would make up this language, but he knew the game inside and out. And it's really cool. So, yeah. Yeah, from when I was a little kid, I, mean, I tried to do it. My son, my son really didn't like baseball, but my dad, you know, high, baseball coach, and mm -hmm. it was like you, I had to learn how to switch hit. And it was like, I it was funny, you guys. Drag button. But, dude, I was... As soon as you would do it, but like, he's drag button. <laughs> but I was a great left-handed butter, man. I could except, hit. Except against Shane Artute. Oh, my God. Well, You're I got two strikes on me. I got two strikes on me, and I tried to switch back. And remember, the umpire's like, you can't switch back or whatever. <laughs> you were laughing too hard. Oh, my... Dude, we you talking about Bill Spaceman Lee Fitz. <laughs> we were laughing too hard. You should have just put the, shoe, the bat on your shoulder. He would have walked you because he couldn't reach the plate. Oh, my God. Well, I was a hitter, man. I'm not walking. Although, it was... Oh. I had a lot of fun. That ninth grade season was so much fun. <laughs> oh, my God. That was good stuff. Uh, what else you got for 37? Dave Steve. Uh, I believe Dave he wore Steve. for uh, Toronto. I, yeah, and like I said, that that guy, Dave Steve, he was, was good. It's just a shame. He played in Toronto. He played Nobody in Toronto covered Toronto baseball. Toronto really started to get they, – they didn't get really good. They were good at the end of the 80s. Yeah. But the it, it, beginning of the 90s when they were really good. Yes, when they won and the two he, World he, Series. He, I think he had just missed that. But he was their only – you know, shining star, really. All right. When he stunk, he yep, was there yep. with their one guy. And then there's the guy who won the MVP for the Cowboys, uh, Larry Brown. I think he was 37. Was he 37? He was 37. And Two he, interceptions yep, in the yep. Super Bowl. And Kansas then the Steelers. Raiders give him all the money. Yeah, no kidding. Of course, the Raiders are dumb as hell. They give him everything. Yep. And then my last one, I, I don't, I, there was not too many. Well, there's a couple Phillies, Riel, Cormier, mm -hmm. whatever. But Eric Desjardins. So, okay. He was a defensive man. They got him from the Canadians. Canadians had just won the Stanley Cup, so it was Desjardins and Leclerc came here. Okay. And I don't remember what the trade was or whatever, but, man, those two guys were awesome for the Flyers. Okay. okay. Yep. So that's my 37. What else you got? Any others? Tough uh, number. It is a tough number. I mean, nobody jumps really out at you at mm -hmm. 37. So, no, that's about all I got. That's all you got. Yep. All right, news of the week. Yep. Hammer and Hank Aaron passed away. Oh, the hammer. What yeah. a great ball player. Great ball player. To me, um, still the home run king. And he always will be the home run king to me. He will be. You know, it's like, you know, there's different eras of, you know, right, Babe Ruth, whatever. Um, but Hank Aaron, to me, and in the time he came up and, and what he did, and, I mean, the guy was a lifetime 305 hitter. Mm -hmm. You know, people forget that. Yep. So many guys struggle to be a 300 hitter today. Yep. Hank Aaron, 300 hitter. 300 and yep. long ball hitter. Long ball hitter. I mean, he, he was he was the model of consistency. Never hit 50 homers or more, but oh. always was right around 35 and 40. Um, always around 200 hits. Uh, probably the greatest compliment another player said about him was you could take away all his homers and he would still have over 3,000 hits. He was tremendous. And he, uh, uh, one of the things people forget was how good he was in the field. He was great in the field. Yeah. And plus, he was just a and great said guy. Right fielder for right fielder. I mean, you think about. So he played for Milwaukee Braves. Played play for the Braves. Played for the Milwaukee Braves, and they moved to Atlanta, Atlanta Braves. Yep. And his last two years, he went back to Milwaukee when they were the Brewers. Right, right. Who I think at one time was a minor leaguer for the Braves or whatever when they were in American League. Okay. And he didn't do much. It was the end of his career. I mean, a quick uh, a Hank Aaron story. I mean, remember as a little kid, I was on a little league team, 
And you know how they used to take your little league team down to Phillies yeah. and the old vet. So we're at the old vet. We're like in a 600. That's level. where they always put the teams. And you all we had to wear your jerseys. We were way yeah. up there. And it was the coaches who were a bunch of younger guys. And some of the parents, like my dad and one of the, our neighbors, who were funny as hell. Them no, that's there. That's okay. the computer. Um, so they take us there. And they're like, oh, I bring your glove. We're playing. The Phils are playing Atlanta. And for Hank Aaron, Hank Aaron's going to be there taking, talking us up. Bring your glove. He, me, hit a homer. He's the greatest home run hitter. And there we are up in a 600 level. And you you would need a cannon to hit that damn About ball About a half a mile there. away. And he didn't do it. He didn't hit any homers. I don't think he did anything special. But one of his teammates, a guy named Ralph Gar, hit two homers. And, you know, some of the guys with us were, ch- you know, the parents were chanting, you know, Heckling Ralph Gar, Ralph Gar's got boogies in his nose, and all that. so we're laughing. But we we're all like, you know, every time Hank Aaron would step up, they're like, "Here he comes! Yeah. Get your gloves ready!" And, and there we are, a bunch of you know, Do seven, you eight old year vet? olds. I think it was in the six, five, six hundred level. They had that seat that was a different color in right field where Willie, Willie Star hit, hit that ball. Yep, yep, yep. And that was so cool that Philadelphia did that that they changed the seat. Well, color. They made it yellow or something. Yeah, like they that. did for the Pirates. But yeah. But, you know, Hank Aaron was at the end of his career. But, I mean, he was still, because you heard the legend yeah, yeah. of Hank Aaron, like, he's going to hit something. Just a humble guy. Loved hearing yeah, Hank Aaron I speak. I love talk. I love hearing yeah. when he talk, you tell know, stories. Yeah. Um, just a really good guy. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, it was tough for him. He, was, he came, you know, he, he breaks the record in 74 during the time that whole, getting through the whole civil rights yeah. movement. And yeah. he was a quiet guy. You know, you didn't. There was so much pressure on him because he was beating Babe Ruth's record, you know, the, the all-time greatest record, yeah. baseball player of, of all time. A lot of people didn't want him to break that record. They didn't, and it, and the threats and stuff, that the pressure that Hank had to go through, didn't say yeah. a thing, just kept his humble self the and humble guy. did it. And the guy grew up in Mobile, Alabama, so you know he grew up as a child yeah. going through. As a matter of fact, I just saw a recent story where he was telling as a child the KKK marched by his house. His mom grabs him. They hide under the bed, and they freaking burn a cross on a guy's front lawn. Jesus. You know, I mean, all the things that he had to go through. And then he plays the minor leagues in Alabama where they're probably yelling all sorts of stuff at the guy. Yeah. And he was just a good guy who, hey, I just want to play baseball, man. Just love baseball. I just want to play some baseball. He and never played guy. with a chip. He never had a chip when you interviewed him. It was never like he but just he, was. Boy, was he good. And it's just a shame that and like they don't said, talk him up. Love to hear him talk baseball. I loved hearing him talk baseball. And, you know, he didn't yeah. play in a big market team like New York or L.A., and, you know, he wasn't a braggart, you know, not that Willie Mays was, but Willie Mays played with a flair. Yep. You know, he didn't play in New York like Mickey Mantle. He didn't play in L.A. like maybe Duke Snyder or, you know, the flasher. He was just a humble guy. Yep. And, you know, sometimes he gets overlooked, but goddamn, he was good. You can't you, you can't tell me if we did a, a Mount Rushmore baseball, you don't mention Hank Aaron. Right. Wow. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Great and everything. Yeah, I, I loved Hammer and Hank. Um you know, and, and you different times, right? Babe Ruth. I mean, Babe Ruth lived. There's no comparison. I don't want to compare, right? No. You know, Babe Ruth um, led the league in homers one year with 11. That's true. You know, so it's like, I don't want to compare the two. That's not right. what this is about. He beat his record. He hit right. the home runs. Yep. He did it, did right? It. There's nothing. There was no. Babe Ruth didn't have to play in night games. He didn't have to travel like he there did. There wasn't as many games during the season. There there's many there's a lot of things you could say comparison. Back. It's not what this is about. Right. Hank Aaron was a great baseball player. And the home yeah, run yeah, king, yeah. as you said. He, to me, he will always, always, always be the home run king. And let it, you know, let's not forget, I mean, I thought he was only in like 15 all-star games. You 25. 25 all-star because games. Because there was years where they had two. They played a doubleheader, so that counted as two. 
and he still yeah. holds a record, and they'll never be beat. No one's gonna. First of all, no one's gonna play twenty five years, right. and no one's gonna make them all those years. And he earned them. I mean, he was something else. Yeah, he was. What a ball player! And you never hear anybody have a bad word to hear about him. No, no which is great. You know. No, he's which is great. He was just. And you know, um, that number forty four. It was cool. It was like you know, even Bad News okay. Bears. Remember. Oh yeah, the the right fielder. I'm 44 because I'm gonna be Hank Aaron. Right, I mean, cool, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, that is you know because that was something we I'm could relate Aaron. to as kids because yeah. we were kids when Hank was yeah, you know, at yeah, the end we, of his career, yeah, but near the end of his career. But you heard the legend of how great he was. Yeah, he carried and that big hammer. stick, man. Yep, he had he was great. He was awesome. And yeah, like I say, mean, whenever he talked, the 70s were such a great time for baseball to grow up in baseball. Yep, I thought so. 70s, 80s, even you know, but and that's when we were lucky to grow up during that yeah, time. Yeah. Um, it wasn't about me. Guy stayed on teams for a while. Yep. You know? Yep. So you, I mean, you he was really identified for with this. 20 of his 22 years yeah. or something like that. So, so. yeah, very cool. Yep. Um, there were some Braves guys that I like. Like, I, I'm still a huge Dale Murphy fan for Dale some Murphy reason. Dale Murphy was a great, great ball player. Yeah. Uh, Bob Horner. Bob Horner. Phil Necro. Phil Necro, yeah. Just uh, passed and away then, also. I mean, you know, even before you get into the 90s when the Braves really became oh, yeah, good, yeah, yeah. when they stunk. There were still dudes that you kind of wanted to, the Brett Butler or Rhett Butler or something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. What a great name for like Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, but uh, yeah, they, they had some good, you know, decent teams. Joe yeah. Torrey coached them to the playoffs one year. Yep. You know, so that's cool. All right, more news this past week. Uh, Joe Biden was inaugurated. Thank you. And here we go. So, more news this week. <laughs> this is, I, I gotta, just got to tell you this story. So, um, I never knew this existed, but I read this news, and this is this was literally the the headline of the story: mm-hmm. Paltrow vagina candle explodes in Great Britain. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, oh, I got to read this story. How, how are they lighting this thing up? <laughs> <laughs> so here's the story: This okay. Gwyneth Paltrow candle didn't pass the smell test, according to a report. Mm-hmm. A smells like my vagina candle that the actress peddles on Goop exploded into flames she in the living room. On Goop. Oh she sells it on Goop, whatever the hell Goop is. I don't Jimmy. know what Goop is. Maybe Goop is after you smell her uh, <laughs> candle. <laughs> I mean, that's what. Oh boy. Uh, exploded in the flames in the living room of a UK woman who won the odiferous product in a quiz. The Sun reported. What was the question? I have no idea. <laughs> what is Goop? <laughs> How do you light up a candle from a Gwyneth Paltrow? <laughs> uh, the candle exploded and emitted huge flames with bits flying everywhere. Jody Thompson, 50, told the outlet, I've never seen anything like it. The whole room was ablaze and it was too hot to touch. There was an inferno in the room, the media consultant from Kilbourne, North London, added. Paltrow, 48, launched the $75 candle admitting her private scent in January 2020. Well, I guess for 75 bucks, it should be hot to the touch and exploding, you know? I guess, but you know, my what do you, what God. Do you, what do you light it up with, a, a Brad Pitt uh, a flame or something? But how do you know that's her private scent? I, I guess she's vouching for it. She's vouching for it, but shouldn't there be others? You said Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. I mean, they, they Chris Martin. Back in the day, yeah. Coldplay. Yeah. I don't remember it smelling that like that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's ask Brad. Man, is this right? <laughs> I don't really, he probably I don't remember exploding like that shit. <laughs> it smells more like her ass. <laughs> moving right along. All right, moving right along. Uh, the Tiger Special. Okay, yeah, I've seen the... I've seen bits and parts of it. Yep. So now part two aired this past week. I think I've seen and... parts of uh part two. Yeah. Right. So part one was great, you know, the build up. Um 
you know, of the Tiger's career and him from yeah, a child yeah. and a lot of his dad and a connection. His yeah, dad dies yeah. in part one of the story. And, uh, you know, I went through that last week a little bit. Uh, one thing I forgot to note about that, I talked a little bit about the girl he dated in high school into yes. college. Yeah, you did mention that. You mentioned that. And, um, but the one story about that was I wrote, I talked about how he writes the letter to break up with her, but it was because he comes home from college. He's in Stanford. He comes home a day early, doesn't tell his parents and stays at her house. They get wind of it and get so pissed off. They're like, I want that girl out of your life. Make him pen the freaking note. Wow. Where did he grow up? What part? Of, was it California? He was in California too, yeah. Was he in LA or something like that? Uh, I think so, yeah. Southern okay. California, yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, like I said, he grew up in uh, Phil Mickelson's shadows. Phil was the hot young golfer out there at the time, and mm -hmm. Tiger, you know, goes and wins these amateurs, but Phil was breaking all the records out there at that time. Really? And Where so did he, Phil go to college, you know? Uh, did he go to college? I think he did, and I can't remember where, because uh, he often talks about it. I don't remember where Phil okay. Nicholson went to college. I can look that up. But, okay. um, but yeah, so then the, the part two, which caught me by surprise, I, I had heard the story, right? Um, but I wasn't aware that he, um, you know, had that relationship in Orlando at that Perkins with the hostess. Yeah, they talked about that. See, I th I, that's the part I saw... He would always go to this with his, his family. Right. And he would see this girl, and I don't know if they showed her or not. I think they showed, like, kind of a fuzzy picture. She didn't look all that. But, uh, you know, the girl was, you know, pretty confident. She was a businesswoman, and he hooked up with her. And then the National Enquirer followed him, took pictures. He had to pay them off so right. that they wouldn't go. But the National Enquirer didn't leave him alone. They kept following around. Which he is was hooking. so dumb on his part. Know, he he should have put some. He pays the National Choir off to, to squelch the story, which he had this relationship. They got video of him with this girl. Yeah, having video in the and car. And by the way, she was dog meat. Was she? She wasn't that good looking. No, the hostess. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. No. They showed kind of a fuzzy picture. I couldn't really tell if she was. No, no, no. Or they not. were showing her walking around in the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perkins. I was like, and uh, yeah, she didn't look. I mean, all compared that, to you know, his wife, his at the wife, time. whatever you know. Now I that's before the, Kid Two, right? Right. So now then, uh, kid two is born, and then he and then he gets with, with the, the girl, Rachel. You could tell the girl from the and she was she looked weird with the, the blown up lips. But, yeah, but uh, you know you see the old pictures of her and you get why you can you know, see that she was good. She worked in that private club and uh -huh, her job, uh -huh. and then he hooks up with her, and and then things he's flying right. her around the country, and yeah, yeah, and then yeah, he flies yeah, her yeah. to Australia. National Enquirer catches, catches her again, going like, follow dude, her. Come on, you off just the paid elevator. these guys off. It didn't say hey, leave me alone. It was years later though. Years yeah, later. Still, come on, be smart about it. But uh, yeah. And then he gets caught. Then he gets caught. Right. So the cool thing about that story, and anybody who watches the Tiger Woods part two of that story, is he he somehow fixes it. He gets her on He's the phone with his wife. He's about to get away with he it. He gets away. He basically gets away with They're it. They're telling a story, and the two of them, him and the girl who's having an affair, were like, oh, my God, we're going to get away. And they were both shocked, like, we're going to get away with this. They're going to let us wife slide the story. on us. Yeah. He takes some Ambien. Falls asleep. He had texted Before her. he takes the Ambien, he texts text her again. Said, hey, we got away with it, whatever. What an idiot. What a fucking and idiot. And then, then they put on the news, and they liked them so much on the news. Like, okay, Tiger got into an accident. His this wife happened. saved His him. Wife saved. She <laughs> smashed the back window to pull him out of there. And then they do the cartoon replay, which was hilarious. That cartoon replay was so And they have her like, so chasing dead. him down the street with his golf club, like smacking the car. <laughs> Like, you know, he should have hit the brake and driver like, right run into the window. back of the car. Okay, now she's down. Now pull off. But, oh, uh, man. Oh, yeah. 
that was funny. And then all the, the, all hell broke loose. And then he hasn't been the same since. He hasn't. Yeah. You know. I so. mean, I think you know, and I, I'm still a Tiger fan. I would love to see him be come back. And you know, everybody likes a, a comeback story. Yep, definitely. You know, I, you know, he won the the Masters a couple of years ago, which was awesome. And you saw the crowd following him. Yep. I mean, that looked like a scene out of Caddyshack. I mean, there was thousands of people. And I loved it. And even, and they even people, end it with that with doing even, the special. Even people who don't like Tiger, when Tiger's in the in the hunt, man, people tune in. And the people ratings come out. The ratings come. Everybody follows. You know, I like him. Tiger. I always like Tiger, and I don't care about you know him doing all this stuff. You know he did fuck up, but I still like him. Still like the guy. I do too. Um, I've heard stories that he wasn't a good human being, mm-hmm. and that bothers me. Um, but Tiger, the golfer, and the in, getting interviewed, I always like that Tiger. Um, he you knows know, the history of the golf. He, he knows how important getting the 18 majors yep. is. You know, the fact that he is friendly with Jack Nicholson, he was friendly with Arnold Palmer, yep. all the guys who came before and so him. driven. The guy's driven. He's I like a hard fair, work, a yes. very hard worker and everything. But very weird stuff in there. Like his dad was special forces, went behind lines in Vietnam. He would lay the explosives, you know, a week before they'd come in there that, you know, he was an explosives expert, special forces. Incredible stories about his father. But then he decides he wants to be a Navy SEAL. Did you see that? Mm-mm. You didn't see that part of the special? Of like who? Tiger did or his dad did? Tiger. Tiger Not started pounding around with the special forces. And, you know, he got, he had all the issues. And um, he, he, was, he was about to be done with golf. He was seriously thinking about quitting golf and joining the military because he wanted to be a Navy SEAL. No, I didn't see that part. No. Oh my God, it's incredible! Like, like I got to watch the whole thing. I, like I said, I only watched bits and pieces. Yeah. Probably two. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I would watch both of them. That's in two. Okay. It's it's in there in two, and you know they show they actually have video footage of Tiger training and oh, shooting, really? and oh yeah, it's he was full on man. He was he was going to be done with golf, done? and okay. it was all after his father died. He kind of well, you know, that's kind of almost a natural reaction. You started to do things that yep. your your father did or something. I gotta take a break. Here, real quick. Peeing again. All right, we're back <laughs> on. So, um, so Luke got his license this week. Yeah, it's good for Luke. <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll make this story quick. But uh, anyway, uh, took him. You know, it, it, we got his permit almost a year ago, right? Mm-hmm. So we had rescheduled his test like four times just because. He hasn't been driving, right? Right, right? I would let him drive. When he first got his permit, we were driving. We were doing things. You know, he's a pretty good driver. Um, but we hadn't been driving for like the last three, four months. So <clears throat> we knew the test was coming up again after Sue had rescheduled it for the fourth time. <clears throat> and so Thursday, I'm like, Luke, you got the test tomorrow. I'm not rescheduling it again. We're almost coming up on a year with your permit. Mm-hmm. We got we to gotta do it. You know, if you fail, you fail. So... Thursday, we go over. I set up a couple of cones over at the park, and we practice in parallel parking. Apparently, you got to be like eight feet from the curb mm-hmm. and 25 feet wide. So I put it about 22 feet wide. Eight, eight feet from the curb? Yeah, eight feet from the curb. That's how far out. The, mm-hmm. Like, it's supposed to simulate another car. Oh, okay, okay. So I, um, and then 25 feet long, but I did 22 feet. I wanted him to, you know, work a little tighter. Mm-hmm. So um, he had been driving nothing but the Jeep Wrangler the whole time we've been doing this thing. Mm-hmm. So to, I figured not a good thing to have a, a kid take his test in a Jeep Wrangler. 
they're they're going to be like uh, what you know right. a kid yeah. with a Jeep Wrangler you know what I mean they'll have an edge against them yeah, yeah. the other car we have is that Mini Cooper not doing that it's got blind spots it's not a good car so you know the car I used to drive for work I work from home now and um, is the Ford Fusion so that's the one Sue's been driving back and forth to work um, it's pretty cool it's got the sensors on the backup it's even got a backup camera or whatever you know so he did really good he. You know, we we did about 10, 12 times over there at the park. He was doing pretty good, getting pretty close. You had to be within a foot of the curb. Right, right. And I felt good about it. So, you know, that's it. Friday morning we wake up. I told Luke, I'm going to do my workout. We're going to, I'm going to get, we'll get ready. We're going to leave early. We're going to go practice a couple more times, do parallel parking. <coughs> um, and then we'll go take the test. Right. So anyway, long story short, I'm already making it long. Uh, my boss calls me. We got a quick half hour meeting. Um I missed the first half hour of the meeting. I get onto the call. It goes to the next half hour. Um, and um, so I'm like, Luke, we got to go. You know, it's 10 o'clock now. We got to be there. Your test is at 1045. It takes a half hour to get down there. You have to be there 15 minutes at a time. So in the driveway, real quick, we're just about to leave. I'm like, let's do two more real quick. I just right. want it fresh in the sure, mind. Sure. So he does two, two parallel parks. Does a really nice job. I'm like, let's go. So we leave and uh, we get there right at 1030. And... Um, I can't find the place, you know, I, I find the place because I know where he took his permit, but I can't find the where you take the actual driver's test there right, in the right, parking lot. Right. And we're driving around, driving around, some guys like waving. And uh, I'm like, oh, okay. So I pull up over and, uh, you know, there's like, it says you start your driving test here and there's like a giant white line. So I stop, pull the car out and the guy comes over and I start handing on my stuff. He goes, no, not now, sir. Not now. He's like, um, get out of the car. And, um, you know, have your son come over. So Luke and I switch spots. He comes over and uh, he's like, all right, give me your permit. So he takes Luke's permit. He's, you know, taking down the information. We have to sign via the iPad. We both have to sign our names. So we do that. Then he asked me for the registration, all that stuff. I give him all that. He does all that. So then I go to get out of the car. He goes, no, sir, you get back in the car. I'm like, okay. So Luke's still got the window down. Um, he's like, okay. Uh, he, he stands in front of the car and he says, um, Luke, put on your lights. So we had only been driving the Jeep. Luke has no idea how to turn the lights on. He's pressing every freaking button. The windshield wipers are going <laughs> He's like panicking. And I'm like, so we got our masks on, you know, because, and uh, I'm like, Luke, it's a dial over there on the left. Just turn the dial, <clears throat> turn the dial. So, you know, he's like trying to, He's like doing the the mo you know the thing to the speed of the windshield wiper. He's oh trying to so he God. finally gets yeah, it. Yeah. And the guy's like, okay. He's like, now put on the high beams. Luke's flicking the turn signal on. Oh, on. You gotta flick it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah. I'm like, so he finally realizes. I'm like, you just turn flick, but, but the guy yells at me because I'm telling Luke what to do. No, Dad, don't talk. Dad, you're not allowed to do anything. But I got the mask on, so I'm saying everything under my breath, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> it was really funny. It was funny. I mean, Luke was panicking. Funny. I'm like, holy shit, this kid's going to fail his test before we get started. Yeah. And so then uh, he finally, you know, go through the hazard lights, brakes, checks, all that stuff. And he's like, okay, pull up to the stop sign down there. So Luke does the stop sign. He's like, all right, now make a right-hand turn. Boom, right-hand turn. Signal. He's like, go around and pull up near those barrels. So it's two sets of three barrels, and you start your parallel parking. Freaking Luke aces the parallel parking nice. just pulls right in backs in one and shot yeah. and he tells us you get three backups three forwards luke That's does it unbelievable in one. and it was great 
And uh, that's cool. So he goes from almost failing because he doesn't know how to turn the lights on to, to acing it. Yeah, to acing the test. He does the rest of the track around, but I got to stay in the car with him the whole time. That's yeah, that's because of COVID. Because of COVID, yeah, that's and, good. Um, so you're coaching him through it. Somewhat. I mean, the kid did good. You know, good. I give a kid credit, good. and so you know now he's got his license and uh, just good. Insurance only went up three hundred eighty bucks for six months. That's so, not bad. Okay. You know, basically seven hundred dollars a year to ha- add him as a driver right. is not bad. Uh, nice. Basically, comes out to thirty dollars a month for him. Right. Because um, we said we'd split it, okay. and um, so you know he's working now. He's Very doing his cool. thing. Very cool. Well, you know, <laughs> Doug, Dougie's dad was one of those guys. Yeah, he was. He was one of those guys, and if if you know, he was one of those guys. You heard the nightmare stories about them, like okay, you know, you know, they back in the day they'd kick out the parent right away. Yeah. And you're not allowed, as you know, you're not allowed to drive without a license driver. And if they said, all right, pull up. And if you did, bang, you'd fail you. You can't drive without a license. He would get you on those technicalities, and you'd hear these nightmares, which was surprising to me because right. I didn't know Mr. Mule like that. I knew him as Mr. Mule. He was did very you, cool. Did Mr. Mule do no. yours? Okay, he did, did not. Yours? I went to Trevos. He was in Norristown. Ah, okay. I went to Trevos, so I didn't know the guy. So, But if, if you went there, supposedly, and you threw out Dougie's name, you had to play football with Dougie or whatever, he'd pass you. Uh, no and kidding. then Mr. Mule would tell us, he goes, you know such and such? We're like, yeah. He goes, I just tested him. I passed him. I'm like, oh, really? He goes, don't ever get in the car with him. <laughs> don't ever get, this guy can't drive for shit. So how about your test? Uh, oh, my, oh, so I had to do it. And I, I drove up there with my mother. And she used to have this, I forget what year it is, this Green Falcon. And it was a banged up car. And we didn't know about all this stuff, you know. So she, yeah. oh, you know, whatever. So I get through, you know, the guy got in the car with me, bang, bang, bang. I, I pass him. Hey, you did pretty good. He goes, all right, now park it. Now put it in, you know, put it, you know, the uh, emergency brake on. Now her car was, the emergency brake was, you know, it didn't have the release. They, most of you had the release or something like that. But the release was broken. So the guy said, put the, put the brake, the emergency brake on. I'm like, well, uh, I started stuttering. He goes, if you don't put it on, you fail right now. You just did everything right. You're not going to do this. So I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, shit. He goes, all right, here you go. You pass. You know, so we'd get my picture and all this stuff. The guy get, you know, my mom gets in a car. She's like, all right, let's go. I'm like, mom, the emergency brake's on. She's like, what? What'd you do that for? Why'd you put the emergency brake on? I was like, I had to. She goes, and he had to like get under there. And the release was, you know, you had to get in there with your finger. It would pinch your finger. I'm like, Jesus Christ. So, yeah, I went with a jacked up car with my mother. But, yeah, yeah. same type of thing. Yeah, so I took mine up at uh, Dublin. Which I heard okay. is a great place to take it. Okay. And my dad said we have to be first in line that day. He knew when it opened. We were literally first in line. And I took it. My dad had this Volkswagen Rabbit, this smaller car. So I took it in that, which it was easy to do the three-point three turn, point turn yeah. you know. And I, so I knew all the pitfalls about what would happen. Turn it. I was, like, nervous as hell. But, yeah, yeah I passed yeah. in the first try, too. But I'm really happy for Luke. He passed his first try. and uh, That's cool. Yeah. But it's like, you know, they do try and trick you up. It, it was an advantage for him with this COVID, not having the guy instructor yeah. in the car. Had you in the car. Had so me in the car, yeah. yeah. So it's good, good. Good for him. He's a, he's a safe driver. Congratulations. So, here we go. Part three, Marianne and Ginger, oh, Jimmy. Marianne. <laughs> so the very first one yes. is Wonder Woman, Linda Carter, Ooh. or Xena, the Princess Warrior, uh, Lucy Lawless. Uh, well, I have to go with Wonder Woman because growing up, you know, first I was who? Wonder Woman. My God, Linda Carter. And I always had this fantasy about Wonder Woman, about putting that damn golden rope, making you tell the truth. I could imagine when she'd be asking me, I'd be like, baby, yeah, go ahead and ask me some questions. But yeah, I'll go with Wonder Woman. And I'll tell you what, this Wonder Woman nowadays, whoo, she's beautiful she's too. She's like from Israel or something. She's, she, and she was in the military. 
Oh, well, they she all are in the military. Israel, she, she's it. like 5'10 or something like that. Yeah. She's a beautiful girl. But yeah, I'll take Linda Carter. Yeah, yeah. I uh, Same. I'll go Linda Carter. Okay. Um, I freaking love And she stands the test of time. Stands the test of she, time. Oh, my That's gosh. She's beautiful, huh? Uh, next, this is uh, this is one of the ones you threw out to me. Okay. Daisy Duke, Barbara Bach from Ooh. Dukes of Hazards, or Ellie Mae Clampett from the Beverly Hills. Oh, I got to go with Daisy Duke. Because I like brunettes, and there's something about Daisy. She's a little dirty or something. You know? Something about her. You know? She's down there. She's like a little grease monkey, you know, messing with the cars. I'll take Daisy Duke. And, uh, they, and they made shorts about I, her. That's that's why I got to go with Daisy Duke. Daisy Duke, I mean, you just loved when she was on there and that smile and that long hair, that and she 70s was, hair. You know? Oh, my God. And then every time they needed her to, like, distract somebody like Cletus. Yeah, Cletus, I, let's check Cletus. <laughs> she said it would work. And she would have distracted most everybody. It distracted us as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's an easy one. Although, Ellie Mae, I did like Ellie Mae. Yeah, not going to short, short her. Uh, you're a Modern Family guy? You watch Modern Family? Yep. All right. <laughs> so, Modern Family. We got Claire, which yeah. is Julie Bowen. Okay. Gloria Sophia Vergara, Ooh, okay, or Haley Sarah Highland. I gave her because she's of age. We can't go the Ariel Winter because even though okay. she's, you know. I will go with Gloria. Yeah, she's Gloria. Hispanic girls. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So I am going with Claire Julie Bowen. Not so much for that show, but her Happy Gilmore days happy with those oh, damn pictures. Two pictures of beer. Oh yeah. Thinking happy thoughts. See, look, yeah, happy, happy, so, thoughts. happy thought. Yes, and the, the midget riding a bike around. Yeah, she was hot too. She was hot. Yeah. Yeah. So I go, I go there. Uh, here's another show. I I don't know if you watch this at all. Two broke girls. Always no, watch really their watch always yep. watch their commercials. During, yeah. I never watched yeah. one episode. Never did either. But I always remember the girls from the commercials. They yeah. would always play during the football games. They were trying to get, I guess, that audience. Mm-hmm. But uh, so. You got the brunette, which is Max Black on the show. So that's okay. Kat Dennings. Okay. Or Carolyn Channing, who's the blonde-haired waitress, Beth Beers. Okay. Uh, I didn't really watch the show, and I do remember the commercials. So I will go with the brunette. All right. Go and the brunette. I, w- I do like her, but I will go Carolyn Channing, okay. the uh, Beth Beers. Okay. okay. So, I like yeah. brunette, so I'll go with the brunette. All right. Good. And the last one, although you did have one. Do we go I Ooh. Bewitched or I Dream a Genie? Both very hot girls back in the day. Yes. But I've got to go with I Dream a Genie because I always wanted to get down in that bottle with that girl. God <laughs> damn. <laughs> doom, doom. And they had a better song. Doom, 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 Both. Doom, they doom. did. They did. Woo. I, oh, she, and, and you would come she, running when that show would come on. Oh, my you'd hear God. that theme. And then show. she's calling him master. Yes, master. Yes, oh, master. Are yes. you kidding me? Yeah. I got to go with I Dream a Genie. I dream of Jeannie too. Uh, you know, think about it. I mean, she threw the belly shirt on. That mm. was like taboo, taboo back oh, in the man, day. She you had know? the belly. She was she was built. My God. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. So that's a good one. Yeah. And the last one for this week, since this is my okay. new favorite theme part of this, okay. if we can continue this on, we're going to be doing some uh, digging to get uh. to this. Velma or Daphne from Scooby Doo. Now, which again? Which one was the one? Velma the- had the glasses. Daphne was the other one. I'm going to go with Velma. Only because of the when they made the Scooby Doo movies in like the 2000, the girl who played Velma was smoking hot. She later uh, appeared on Mad Men. That girl is some Linda Cardellini. Whatever she was beautiful. Now Michelle Geller, whatever the heck her name is, she's yeah, yeah, good yeah. looking too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But that other Linda would have. Whew, God damn, she's beautiful. I'm going Velma as well. 
uh, just because Sue for Halloween was Velma one year. Oh, okay. <laughs> so throwing that Velma. in there. Cute Velma. All right. Uh, so the Eagles have a new head coach. Yep. Nick Sirianni. Yep. Obvious why they went with him. Yeah. Why is that? Well, they had the uh, they have uh, what's his name Frank Wright connection. Yep. So Frank Wright, when he was coaching with the Eagles, that's Carson. When Carson Wentz. They've pushed in all their chips. Uh, they're all in with Carson Wentz. I guess so. so. They want to turn him around. I think somebody can turn him around. So I'm thinking they want this young guy to turn Carson around, and I think he can be turned around. There was obviously something wrong with him and Dougie P. They, I don't know if they didn't like each other, they didn't trust each other, whatever it was. So I will. I, I think that's why they got him. Right. Turn him around. Yeah, I like the hire. Um, you know, Sue made a good point. She said when, you know, listening to Jeffrey Laurie talk, he said, um, we're going to go in a different direction. We want to get younger. And she's like, that's age discrimination. She's like, we want to go younger. Then they go and hire a young coach, 30-some years old. Yeah. You know, she's like, and I'm like, I guess you could do that. I mean, it's like saying, uh, you know, uh, Hooters, you know, like, they're hiring all the women. Well, what are you yeah. going to do? Hire a guy? But I mean, as a, uh, fr- you know, it, w- when you talk athletics, I, I don't know if th- does that come into play where, you know, hey, yeah, you want to, uh, hey, you can't hire anybody over 40. Well, I don't want a 40-year-old uh, defensive end. Right. I want a younger guy because he's going to be, it's a, it's It's interesting. It's where does the business end start and stop with that. But anyway, I, I like to hire. I like to hire just because... Um, I've heard some tape of this guy, and he just, the way he got after it with the, the players there on these tapes, and I'm like, holy shit, this guy's a freaking leader. I'm like, I like this guy. And Wentz, now, I, I think that's what Wentz needs. Wentz needs a kick in the ass. He does. I don't think Wentz is the guy, though. Wentz is not a leader, and yeah. your quarterback has to be a leader. Yeah. You know, I look at these guys, like, look at Look how, at the four teams that are in it right I mean, now. You know? You know, Rodgers, Brady. Brady. Uh, Mahomes. Mahomes and the kid Allen. from Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, but the kid from Buffalo was kind of floundering too. Then somebody kicked him in his ass, and now he's going. But he's the leader up there now. Right now, now he's the leader up there. He is. Yeah, so I like him. I liked him coming out of Wyoming. I did, and yeah. I was like, I, I think this guy's going to be good. Okay. So. Um. So yeah, and now today they hired the uh, that young defensive coordinator. You said, yeah, yeah. it's Jonathan Gannon. So he's. He was the guy. Everybody was trying to get this guy as their coordinator now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's also from the Colts. Colts had a great defense this year, one of the best okay. in the NFL. So uh, getting this guy's great. I mean, that's okay. a great start. Okay. Um, we need a new, you know, that's it. You know, I mean, I guess that's, that's it. We won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. It ain't working anymore. Let's go. You know? Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Um, <clears throat> let's start, you know, let's get young. Let's, you know, get the draft choices this year. I mean, you look so. at some of these teams that have turned around and hired these young coaches and just they've, it's worked out. Rams, 49ers, Green Bay, Green Bay you know, uh, the Browns this year. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, Sean McDermott. Buffalo, not that long. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's working. I mean, granted, you got the guy down the Buccaneers, 68 years old. Uh, Bruce, Bruce Arians. Arians. Well, he's a quarterback gu- uh, guru. He is he the quarterback, quarterback guru. Whisperer. And now he's got Brady. You but know, he's got an older guy. But I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. I don't, you know, we'll. We'll talk a little bit about I that today. It, I, I hope it works. I mean, the playoffs yeah. day. I don't think it. You know, it starts in about an hour. I don't think the the Bucks have a chance against. Yeah, the Pack. I, I think it's Green Bay. I think uh, Rodgers is just playing out of his mind this year. He's yes. so accurate, so yeah. so accurate. Not that Brady isn't, but uh, Rodgers is just playing really well. I, I go. I think it's going to be Green Bay. 
I think KC will win. I hope Buffalo wins because I'm just kind of pulling for Buffalo. They've never won it. Be a great Super Bowl, Packers versus Chiefs, but um, I think uh, the Packers blow out the Bucks today. I don't know okay. why. I love Tom Brady. I want to see him in the Super Bowl. I'm rooting for the Buccaneers today. Okay. Um, but I think that that Green Bay team, you know, with uh, Petten, defense coordinator, mm-hmm. they don't talk much about that defense. That defense is really good. Okay. Um, in Green Bay, but it's all Rodgers, right? Everything's Rodgers. Well, you know, when you have that great quarterback, they don't talk really about the Chiefs defense, then they're decent too. Spagnola, defense coordinator. Yeah, yeah. Would have loved to see the Eagles get him back. Yeah, Um, but it's going to be, I think there are four good teams. I think it's going to be two really good games. And whoever ends up in a Super Bowl, it's going to be a nice matchup. So I'll root for the Bucks and the Bills today. Yeah. Uh, I think the Bills get a better chance at winning. (laughs) Yeah, I think the Bucks, uh, the Bills have a very good chance at winning. Yeah, I don't know. Telling I mean, the team. I, I think Mahomes will still be fine. I think he'll be absolutely fine today. Yeah. Um, but I think I, it's going to still be close. I do too. And I, I think it's going to be a nice game. It would just, if that Bills defense shows up like they can, <clears throat> you know, it'll it'll be an interesting game today. I mean, the Browns yeah. almost had them last week. They and sure it had nothing did. to do with Mahomes getting hurt. Yeah, they sure did. I don't think him. it did. Yeah. You I know. mean, even before he got hurt, it was still close. It was. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, it'll be an interesting game today and the, yeah. you know starts in about an hour so half hour now um so playoffs yep uh so last night ufc dustin poirier uh knocks out conor mcgregor Connor goes down yeah in the second round and i think yeah. that might be it for conor i think he'll he'll come back he's i think he's still got some good paydays because he's such a good self-promoter he is but i don't you know? know if he'll want to and yeah. he's not going to get you're right. He's a self-promoter. Whoever he fights, UFC, he'll do record numbers. Yeah. So the UFC needs him. The problem is it's not going to be for a title belt. Yeah. You know? This one wasn't for a title, was it? It wasn't. And, you know, Khabib holds the title, but he retired. So it's like now it's like unless Khabib fights, Khabib's like the best fighter in that weight class right now. Uh, but the guy that fought before those two, Connor, uh, there's another guy, Garner or Connor or whatever, right. uh Apparently now they say Poirier and this guy are going to fight because this guy came over from the other mixed martial arts and now he's with UFC now and they say this guy's dominant. Really? Yeah. And he's very showman. He did a backflip off the top row last night after he won. It was the fight right before the McGregor fight. (laughs) He's freaking nuts, man. So he's like all showman. He's like kind of like this guy. But this this Poirier guy last night, uh, technician, now he had lost to McGregor. He had also lost to Khabib. Um, McGregor also had lost to Khabib. So both of them had lost to him. And they were saying that the winner of this fight was going to fight him. Everybody thought it was going to be Connor. It would be a great fight. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would have brought Khabib out of the retirement, but I don't know. I think he stays retired. I think he's done. Okay. Uh, and especially, he's just like, he was like, these two guys, now they're both not worth my time. That's what yeah. he was saying afterwards okay. in a tweet. But we'll see. Um, but UFC is so dominant right now. It's just beating mm-hmm. boxing, you know. Yes, it is. But I agree with you. Conor McGregor does bring the people out. Bring some people out, yeah. It's a shame to see him lose. I mean, anytime he's fighting, you know, I want to watch. It's exciting. It's it exciting is. because, he, you know, he, he's a good pro- promoter. Right. You know, win, lose, or draw, there's certain guys you want to watch because you want to see him win or lose. Yeah. And he's one of those guys. And, you know, who was the uh, uh, the the girl fighter? Amanda, uh, uh, Ronda Rousey. 
Ronda Rousey. She was yeah, kind of saying Amanda she Nunez was knocking is the yeah. girl one now. Ronda Rousey. Now. She was the one who was knocking a lot of people out. And then she started becoming an actress. You know, she was in yeah, a couple yeah, of movies. Yeah, yeah. I think she was in that Baywatch movie. I think. Okay. Or maybe not. Um, but you know, Ronda Rousey starts doing a couple of movies. She gets off the beaten path. But when that Holly Holm knocked her out, I think she knocked her out twice, didn't she? She did. Yeah. Yeah. And then Holly Holm got knocked out the next fight, and it's like, you know, but. Ronda Rousey did a lot for UFC. People wanted to tune in when she was fighting. Same right, with Conor. Right, Conor yeah, McGregor. Same thing, same thing. And then, you know, you know who was it? Chuck Liddell. And Chuck then Liddell. they did a special Chuck Liddell and another guy. Tito who Ortiz. Kind of, yeah, who kind of brought them yep. along. So yep. there's different guys who have kind of jettisoned them up to where they are now. Yep. And Conor McGregor is definitely one of those guys. So the Flyers uh, lose back-to-back to Boston. They lost Thursday mm-hmm. night in overtime. And, and then they got smoked again. last night. Yep. Uh, and then meanwhile, the Sixers beat the Celtics back-to-back and then yep. they beat the Pistons last night. So good, the Sixers good, got good. three in a row. Good, good. Good week for the Sixers. Right. Not such a good week for uh, the Flyers. Uh, it's, it's early. It's early. It so is. January, it is. So uh, move on to our Would You Rather segment. Okay. All right. Would you rather have to hunt for everything you eat or eat only McDonald's for every meal? Well, I don't, you know, I, I think either of them could kill you. <laughs> you know, I I think I'd rather hunt for what I got to eat because McDonald's will that that's as an old guy once said to me that'll go quicker through you than a bullet. Oof! Oh my God! And then you see that special about big size everything, and a guy was in terrible Super shape size it, yeah. after thirty days of eating McDonald's. Oof. I'd rather try to hunt. I'm not a hunter, but I'd rather try to hunt. Yeah, I'm not a hunter either. Um, you know, I do like, and I hear one of the worst things you can get from there is the one thing I like, the fillet fish sandwich. Oh really? Yeah, oh, but. I you don't, know, the only time I ever go to McDonald's is if I'm really hungover. It's great hungover, hangover. It is. The breakfast used to be pretty good. I'm not so much. I'll tell you, Luke loves their French fries, so you know yeah. he'll go there. I have, and I'm not a health food nut or anything. I am anything but that. I don't eat anything green, but after dinner mints. Um, <laughs> but he he loves McDonald's fries and whatever. So, yeah. but they got that. It's like that sugary, salty. Whatever it makes to you it. addicted to it, yeah. It does. I mean, it tastes great. Yeah, and you lose one in your car, and like a month later, it's still it's intact. Still intact. Well, <laughs> I remember seeing a special one time where they left a Big Mac out for thirty days, and it didn't rot because there's nothing there to rot. Ugh, that's just so gross. It's just man. gross. Yeah, it, it could survive gross. an atomic bomb. Yeah, so I mean, I'd probably, I'd probably say McDonald's. Okay. Um, I I'm not much of a hunter, and not much of a hunter, and I've had. Know. Deer meat and outside of jerky, I'm not a big deer fan. Okay. I don't know what else I could hunt. You know? Yeah, so Maybe you hunt the people who work. I go McDonald's. I'll find some way to stay healthy. I'll eat some chicken nuggets, <laughs> something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, hey, if it was Chick Fil A instead of McDonald's, sign I me think up. I might go for Chick Fil A. Yeah. All right. Would you rather only be able to communicate via emojis, or only be able to communicate via slang words? Well. I think I'd go with the slang because I hate emojis. I, I, yeah, I'm not emoji guy. I can't even think of any slang words. <laughs> I can't either. But you know, I, I'd, I'd figure it out. But I, I, I'm not a big emoji fan either. You know, although I do, I do use the thumbs up emoji. I, I use the thumbs up because I know what the hell that is. Yeah. These other emojis, people no, send it to me know. like, what the hell does this mean? Yeah, but I'm like, instead of okay or whatever, I always do the thumbs up. That's like my well, little Well, you type thing. in okay and the thumbs up comes up. Like, yeah. oh, I don't know what that is. It's like, yeah. hey, you want to meet it? Okay, yeah. I know what that one means. Yeah, so that's the one. I, that's the one I overuse, but I do use that emoji. That's probably the only one I really do use. People send shit to me. It's like, what the hell does that mean? Right, right. 
Uh, would you rather be the funniest person in every room mm-hmm. or the most intelligent person in every room? Well, I mean, they're, they're, they kind of go hand in hand almost. They do. Uh, I'd rather be the most intelligent one in the room because, as we talked about, if you're the sign of intelligence is comedy, a sense of humor. So, I mean, if I'm the funniest one in the room, I'll figure out a way to be funny. All right. You're the most intelligent person in the room today. <laughs> <laughs> only because we crapped out earlier. That's the only reason. <laughs> Damn straight. Uh, I would always like to be the funniest person oh, in the room. Oh, me too. But, you know, hey, if you're smart, I mean, you're going to figure it out. And and I always have said humor. Has, there's intelligence in humor, which you just right. said. Exactly. You know? exactly. All right. So I just read this Florida man story this morning. Oh, it, yeah. Okay. It yeah, just yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, it, it, it happened this week. So I, I read the headline. I'm like, I got to copy and paste this in and, and read this to Jimmy. So okay. our Florida man story of the week. <laughs> Florida man who was naked stole, crashed police car. And I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> so a naked Florida man stole what news footage showed to be a marked police vehicle and crashed it into a wooded area, officials said. Joshua Schenker, 22, the first time we've had a Florida man story probably they without didn't three names. didn't mention his middle name. No. Uh, was arrested after Thursday's crash on charges of including... Theft of a motor vehicle, aggravated battery on law enforcement officer, depriving an officer of means of communication, or protecting and resisting an officer without violence, according to the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office report. Officers responded to reports of a naked man running along Interstate 10 in western Jacksonville shortly before noon Thursday. So Shank- at Shank- noon. At noon. Shanker was lying in the roadway when an officer stopped on the opposite side of Route 10, and that's what the report said. Shanker ran, then ran across the highway lanes towards the officer, officials said. The redacted report didn't show, didn't say how Shanker stole the vehicle. Authorities confirmed only that a vehicle belonging to the city of Jacksonville was stolen. First Coast News footage of the scene showed the vehicle, the crash vehicle, to be a marked patrol car. Okay. According to the police report, about $10,000 worth of damage was done to the vehicle. All officers noticed Schenker had road rash after the crash, and so he was taken to a local hospital to be checked out. Schenker is being held on $4,000 bail. I guess down in Florida they have road rash rather than road rage. I think that's why he was lying in the road. I think he just jumped out of the car, jumped slid the naked, yeah. or slid and all his clothes flew off. Yeah, well, freakness. maybe he uh, lit up one of those Gwyneth Paltrow uh, candles and he got <laughs> naked, you know? Got in the mood. It's an exciting <laughs> candle. Hey, yeah, man. <laughs> All right, so here we are. We've made it. We're recording. Okay, good, good. And good. we're at our Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore for the okay. week. So, um, like I said, I got a lot of ideas for Mount Rushmores in the future. Okay. We have a bunch of people on, uh, but this one is quick and easy, and yep. Um, yep. it's going to be the Mount Rushmore of Eagles coaches Eagles since we coach. hired a new coach this week. Okay. Uh, I'll go with coaches that I've only seen in my lifetime. I don't remember the guys back in the 40s, 50s, or 60s. Yep. So for me, I, I, we'll put them in order if we're going to put them in order. Um, I'm going to go number one, Dick Vermeule, because the Eagles sucked for my whole yeah. you know young life. You know when we were little, you know the only time you know back then you know back in the 70s you didn't have all the games that you have on now. Yep. You only had two games on, early game and late game. You had AFC and NFC, and if your home team did not sell out, your team was never on. Yep. So that's why, as a kid, I was a Raiders fan because I didn't know anything about the Eagles. They were yep. never yep. on TV. I never went to the games until Dick, Dick Vermeil showed up. Yep. So he turned around to me 
a terrible team and made them relevant. So I'm going to go with Dick Vermeil. Um I'm going to go with uh, the next I will go with. I'll go with uh, Andy Reid because Andy Reid was, the Eagles were good for a long, sustained time with him. From like, what, 99 to a, when the hell did yep. he leave? 2012, 13, something like that, yep. 14. And they were always relevant. They were always good. They were in four straight conference finals. They went to one Super Bowl. They did lose. But they were always good. The last NFC East team to win back-to-back titles were the Eagles under Andy Reid. They were good for a long, sustained time. Uh, three, I'll go with uh, Dougie P. He won our one mm-hmm. and only Super Bowl. Yep. Um, I didn't think they should have fired him. Um, you know, he was here five years. They were always relevant. These last couple of years have been weird. Now all these stories coming out. I don't think it was all his fault. And then a the fourth one, I got to go with Buddy. Because yeah. Buddy, again, uh, when he came, they sucked. He turned them around. He made, made them relevant. They were dominant. They were fun to watch. Probably the only football team you'll ever see where you didn't want to see the offense. You want to see the defense. It was fun. Yep. Reggie and Jerome and Seth Joyner and all those West Hopkins and all the great defensive players they had. So those are my four in that order for me. I, um, you know, I was trying to think, right? I mean, ironically, we're going to have the same four. Okay. Um, I just don't know who preceded uh, Dick Vermeil. Was it Mike McCormick? I think it was Mike McCormick. And before the and when he was a coach, I couldn't name more than three or four guys on the Eagles. They had Carmichael, they had Bill Bradley, they had I mean uh, Roman Gabriel. This is kind of pre Jaws. Mike Borelli was their quarterback for a little while. Bergie. It was. It was Mike McCormick. Mike McCormick. Uh, yeah. Bill Berg. But but you couldn't. Like before now, that was could, Eddie Kayat for one year, and then yeah, Jerry Williams. Yeah. Joe Koharek, who Joe DePro, who, who coached at Notre Dame, yeah. probably the yeah. only Notre Dame coach who had a losing record. Joe DePro. So um, here's my four. Okay. Uh, you put yours in order. I'll put mine in order. Okay. My number one is Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he is the greatest coach right now to date in Eagles history. Okay. Didn't win us the Super Bowl. Got yep. us there. Yep. Put us, brought that team around. Yep. Um, I don't think Andy ever had all the tools. You know, he, he had great defenses. Um, you know, the one year he takes us to the Super Bowl, and it was the year that they had T.O. T.O. gets hurt, you know, uh, Owens gets hurt. But, you know, McNabb, I like McNabb as a quarterback, right? right? But he never had all the weapons. McNabb was never the greatest. Like, you know, he had they great running backs. Had, they he never had, had great re- receivers. And the one year they had a great receiver, T.O., they go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, yeah. if they, God forbid, they had had two, T.O. and another guy. Jeez, yep, yep. he would have really been dominant. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? So he, he never had all the weapons, I, I don't think, McNabb. Ever, but, you know, I definitely will, will to put Andy first. Uh, I will put, um, I guess I'm going to go, same reasons. I'm going to go Vermeil second. Uh, it took us to a Super Bowl as well. Didn't win. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you said, you know, we, we sucked. You know, nobody was For a any, long period of time. You know time. what I mean? It was like, you're right. We couldn't sell out. Big city like Philadelphia, and you couldn't sell out the vet. Yeah, you know, and Vermeil comes here, and uh, you know, in a couple of years, takes us to the Super Bowl, gets burnt out. Yeah, the whole strike season, all that kind of stuff, and Vermeil stepped down. Swamp Fox comes in, Marion Campbell, uh, and kept them pretty good, and um, and I think I I don't know. Let me see. I mean, who was before? Did did it go I Campbell think, Buddy? I no, I think there was somebody else in there. Was no, it? it went Campbell Buddy. Did it go Campbell Buddy? Okay, was there somebody oh, after f- Dick Vermeil? Well, it was just the guy finished the last game of CZ, some guy oh, named okay. Fred Bruni. 
okay. finish the season. Then it was Swamp Fox, and then it was Buddy. And then, unfortunately, we you know we had you had a couple of years, Co-Tight and Ray Rhodes. Um, Ray Rhodes had a good record. Um, yeah, he came from Green Bay too. He did, and then he went back. Or, I know where I don't know if you got watching it wherever wherever Ray Rhodes went after the Eagles. But so my number three. Um, is going to have to be Dougie P because he did win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Same as you, number three. Uh, and then my number four would be the same as Buddy, Buddy Ryan. Okay. Um, you know, so, you know. So I, we just kind of flip-flop one and two. Right. And, you know, you think about it. Um, no Chip Kelly who had a better. Oh, <laughs> Chip Kelly, Jesus Christ. Thank uh, you for destroying our, our yeah. organization, you douchebag. But, hey, who coached one game after Chip Kelly? Uh, who was one of his assistants? He was his offensive coordinator. Coached one game. He's still an NFL coach. His son was a great quarterback. Uh, I think he was a quarterback at Delaware, maybe. Um, he was a good high school quarterback in this area. I don't remember where he's going. I think he might have been at, not Penn Charter. Uh, God, uh, Pat Shermer. Oh, Pat Shermer. He was coached one game for the Eagles. He ended up going to the uh, Giants. Packers. Or did he go to Packers? Giants, Giants? I thought. I thought okay. he went to the Giants. I don't know. Probably the Giants. Uh, yeah. That sounds right. I think he was a couple of years up there was the head coach. Okay. And now he's he an was. offense coordinator, but yeah. Okay. Okay. So we got that one, Jimmy. Oh, we got 50. We got it, got it in this time. Huh? We got it in. So uh, All right. there we are. Thank you for riding shotgun with uh, Norman Jim. All Episode right. 37 in the books.